Hi, I'm Dan, and I want to welcome you to Church Online. If it's your first time, please take a minute and fill out a quick guest link on our website after the broadcast. We would love to connect with you, no matter where you're watching from. You can also give online by going to lifechurchutah.com or by texting LCGIVE to 95577 at any time during this morning's service. Once again, thank you for making Life Church Online a part of your weekend. For more information, visit us at lifechurchutah.com. Great to have you here. Uh, today is the last day of our um, series called The Game of Life. And thinking about this, something that I, I was... Um, trying to go in my mind and, and, um, and put in perspective of what I want to be talking, it came to, to this, 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 this thing that happened to me, okay? A couple of years ago, I, I take the decision to start working out. Maybe you have already noticed it. <laughs> this is the humbleness coming out. Just, no, just kidding, but... Uh, I, I decided to start working out, and, um, but this thing in, in my mind happened where I was working out, and after a while, I was, not, I was looking to myself in the mirror, and, and I was not seeing any results, you know? So people was coming and telling me, man, are you working out? And I'm like, yeah, how do you know? Well, you can tell. Thank you. <laughs> so I was going with this thing in my mind, um, and finally, I had a, a guy that we were working out together, and he said, I was explaining this same thing, and he said, you know what, there are a lot of guys that are bodybuilders that struggle with this, and, and the more they work out, the harder it is for them to see themselves that they are building their body, and I'm like, oh, really? And, and he was sharing about this guy, and I'm going to put a picture here, Mr., I'm going to call it Mr. Arnold because his last name if it's hard for you, it is terrible hard for me. So this is how I look. <laughs> I wish. Um, but Mr. Arnold, you know, when he was in the top of his career, he was struggling with this. When he was winning all these prizes, um, he was struggling with this. And this has a name. It's, it's called Distorted Body Image. And it's funny because uh, this is not only with bodybuilders, uh, like many people that have problems with eating, like anorexia or things like those, they go through this. And the idea is when you look to yourself in the mirror, you don't see the reality. And, and you can't see what is in front of you. And in and, and, and the case of Mr. Arnold, he, he was a big guy, but he uh, have a really hard time seeing that. Or this skinny girl that is struggling with food or with uh, eating, she can't see that she's in, in her bones, you know? So when we bring that to our lives, I think everybody have a problem with this, this store image thing. Think about uh, social media today. We have a problem with this really, really um, hard. I mean, we want to try to be someone that we are not. Or we try to place this image uh, that in some point even we start to believe that we are. We are this cool guy uh, that like to work out and we never have to do any exercise. Or I'm having a great time and take a picture, but inside I feel 
terrible. I remember with my wife, one of the things that we try, not all the time, but something that we try to do with Rebecca is when we go to a day, we try to stay away from phones, you know. And we were in this restaurant, and I, I, I'm looking at this couple, and they are like eating with their phone in their hand, and they are eating, and uh, finally she grabbed the phone and took a picture, and she started posting something. And, and I was thinking, I bet she's saying, I'm having a great time with my hubby. But they were not talking, they were not interacting, it was just an image. And, and again, I feel like we go through these things in our life. Think about finances. We want to create this idea of status or something that I have this or I want to get this thing to make me feel better. But at the end of the day, I feel really, really bad. What about uh, relationships? We, we go through situation in, in our marriage when we, we, we create this image of this is not going to work and we don't fight for it anymore. Or maybe your parents are telling you, you should not be in that relationship. Or you know that being in, I don't know, in a relationship outside of marriage uh, is not okay, and, but you're still doing it. So I feel like we struggle with this, with this distorted image that we have created. Now, if we think about as a Christians, especially most of us, in this room are Christians, and we call ourselves Christians, and we, and we say that, hey, I'm a Christian, okay? So I think as the Christians, and I'm going to put it here, we have a distorted image of who we are. When we look to the mirror, we, we see these Christians, but everything else speaks something completely different. And now when it, when it, when it comes to the, the point of playing the game of life, when we have to start moving into what uh, this game requires, especially as Christian, we have a distorted image of who we are. So what I want to do today is I, I, I'm going to share with you one of a great book, okay? It's a great book in the Bible. And, and what this book is... The meaning of this book is to place the real or the truthful mirror in front of us. And like that, we can look to that mirror, taking out all the filters and see ourselves and saying, that I'm playing this game right, that I'm doing it right, because if not, we have a problem. And we will end in the wrong place at the end of the game. So think about this phrase. What do you think when you... Hear the word, the book of Jonah. Okay? If you're like me, if you grew up in church, the first thing that comes to your mind, or even if you're not a Christian, but you have heard about Jonah, the first thing that we place in our mind is Jonah and? I don't know. I think children's book created this distorted thing in our mind because the truth is the fish or the will whatever you want to call it, is not the main character in this book. In fact, it appeared, I mean, it's mentioned it two times. After that, it's everything about this man. Okay, and, and I want to put some context about the book of Jonah that we need to understand. The first one is, there are two major ideas about this book. One, it says that this is a real book about a real person with real accounts, and everything happened exactly how it 
it shows in there. And the other uh, view, which is it's still a good view and it's, and it's a real view, is this, this is not a real story, but this is a parable, okay? With real people, with real uh, uh, situations or real uh, places, but it's not a real story, okay? But no matter what, and hopefully you don't feel like, well, uh, if this is not real, my faith uh, will go loose. No, I mean, think about in a way that Jesus used so many parables that is a good example. And the idea is to show us something. A parable is to show something that we need to look and learn. In this case, it's going to be this mirror that we need to look to. And the other thing is the concept of, of prophecy or the book of prophecies. I think normally we have this tendency uh, of think about prophecy in terms of fortune teller. Somebody that is going to tell us the future. And my friends, prophecy is nothing about that. Sometimes the prophet has a glimpse of the future and he can see things that he even can understand and he write it down. Or sometimes when he is doing this call, he gave the, they gave the people some of the consequences that will happen. But the, the, the main thing about prophecy or the ministry of prophecy, it's a call to repentance. Okay, and this is something that we need to understand. Prophecy or the prophets were stand up to call to repentance. And in, in this case, this book is going to do that call through, the, through a story. All right, so let's go to business. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, and it says like this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. And this is, this is a funny book. Believe me or not, it's a funny, funny book. Because you will see that Jonah is completely opposite of who sh he should be representing. He is completely outside of the, the character that he's representing. In fact, Jonah means dove. This uh, nice and kind type of animal, you know, soft. In this days, it, we can't say clean. But, you know, you have this image of purity and, and things like that. In Jonah, it's... Nothing about that. And his father, his name Amittai, mean faithful. And this guy doesn't have anything about faithfulness. In fact, at the end of the book, it ends with Jonah angry with God. And we don't know what happened. So think about that. So the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, and verse 2 said, Go! To the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its weakness has come up before me. So the message here, it's, hey, go to this place and preach. It's clear. The message, the message sorry, it's clear. There's no wiggle to interpretation. He cannot, okay, did he say preach or did, it's very, very clear. And at the same time, the message is specific. Go to Nineveh, preach the word. Tell them that the, the, their bad actions are coming against me. Call them to repent. That is the main thing. So Jonah here is, is going to take a decision, okay? And it's the decisions that many of us have to take when we are playing the game of God according to God's will. Do I do it or not? I wanted you to think because when he is receiving this word, it's kind of like if a man in, in the 
years of World War II, it was being told to go to Berlin and start fighting against the enemy. One soldier. That is the idea because uh, Nineveh was the capital of the Assyria uh, Empire, and uh, they were bad people, guys. They were really bad. I mean, they were so bad. There are a lot of stories that they say that they, some of the soldiers that they kill, they, they, used to take the, they used to peel them and put it in a post in front of the city just to scare the people inside of there. So they were bad. What is going to happen? Let's see, verse 3. It says, but Jonah, and this is like a great, I, I think the Bible used great this, this part. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and hid it for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound it, uh, for that port. Think about this. He heard the word, the, that, that, mis- that uh, message that was specific was clear, and he go and is planning to do his own will. He's planning to do what he think is better. And continue, verse 3, after paying uh, the fare, at least he was honest, uh, he went aboard and sailed for the Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Look what it's saying here. To flee from the Lord. To escape from the Lord. Hopefully you're not missing this part, guys. Because this is the guy, this is the person who has to represent God. And he's fleeing from him. He's invited to play the game, but he's fleeing. He's escaping from it. Think about this. He consciously decides to run away from God. It's not kind of like, I didn't understand. I think he mentioned Tarshish. No, no, no. He consciously, it's going away. In other words, I put it like this. The represent doesn't want to represent. The one who is called to do the job doesn't want to do the job. Now, this is very interesting. Because, and here, I think, is where we can see some aspect of a parable because the, 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 the writer is... It's putting this story in a very exaggerated uh, situation. I have a map here for you to create an idea, okay? Look where Tarshish is. Look where Joppa is. And look where Nineveh is. This place, it was, Tarshish was the last uh, place where, where a ship can, can stop. After that was the unknown. Nobody, I mean, in those times, nobody knew what was at the other side. So, He's trying to go as far as he can. And I put it like this. He's trying to escape so far or as far from God's will. And that is the idea when it's mentioning that he's going to Tarshish. He's trying to escape as far as God, God's, God's will. And I think here the mirror starts showing us a couple of things to us. Because at the same time, we... We, that we know, okay, if you're not Christians, you're good. But for the rest, we, that we know, we do exactly the same thing. We escape as far from God's will. You don't believe me? What about marriage? 
So my marriage is not going good, and I know I, I can't divorce. What I'm going to do, I'm going to escape as far as God's, God's will. Or I know that I, I, I can't leave outside of marriage. But you know what? We are in 2018, so I'm going to escape as far from God because I'm going to do my own will. You still doubting? Think about finances. So I want to do my own thing. I'm going to control the way that I spend. These people ask me every Sunday for money. They talk about tithing. And no way, Jose. <laughs> I'm going to do it my way. And when they ask me for money, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to give. I'm going to pass the basket and, 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 not, and not put anything. Because this is not for me. I'm going to escape in the area of finances. I'm going to do my own way. I'm going to get in debt because I want to get things. I'm going to escape from God as far as I can. If, if we say dreams, when, when we are confronted with our own dreams, with our desires, with our future, and God is coming to invite us to be part of something big, but I'm going to escape as far because I don't want to erase my board. I have plans to do in my future. I have dreams that I want to conquer. So think about this. We want to escape uh, we want to escape because we don't want to obey. And this is the truth. Guys, this is the main truth. Let's not play any games here. We want to escape because we don't want to obey. You know why we want to justify that relationship that is in homosexuality? You know why? Because I don't want to obey. You know why you keep going to that computer and turning it on and, and, and looking pornography? Because I don't want to obey. I want to escape as far as God. Do you know why you don't want to come to church? Because I don't want to obey. You don't want to, you, you don't want to give because you don't want to obey. That is the main thing, and that is the reason why. And we should not be clapping because I'm talking about you. That is the truth. We need to look the mirror and say, hey, the truth is I don't want to obey. That is what you want to divorce because you don't want to obey. That is what you want to keep uh, that relationship outside of your marriage because you don't want to obey. Think about this. We like to, if you go to the next one, we like to be recognized as a Christian, but we don't want to act like a real one. It's like if I come with a, a, a basketball jersey, some basketball pants, and some uh, good basketball shoes, and with a basketball under my arm. That doesn't mean that I'm a basketball player. That doesn't mean anything. It's just a... Image. You know how many Christians are in this place as an image? They want to be called. They want to be dressed nice. They want to be act like and raise their hand. And sometimes, yes. Oh, I feel it. Yeah? That song was so moving. We want to play the game. 
But we don't want to act. When we go to the real world and the car jump in front of you, whoo. So if this is your first time, next week it's going to be more encouragement. <laughs> Hopefully. All right. This is the thing, guys. Think about this, and I'm going to put another idea here. There um, are many who know the rules but insist on going to Tarshish. We know what is right. Do you want me to tell you that pornography is wrong, adultery is wrong, cheating in your job? Do you want me to tell you that? You know. Do you know that, you know that homosexuality is not right? Do you want me to tell you and explain you why? But we know the rules. We know the rules of the game, and we want to be part of it, but we insist on going to Tarshish. So the story continued. Maybe you have heard the story. He jumped into the ship, and, and, and he's traveling. He go to sleep, and start this big storm. Remember, he want to escape from God. He, he want to go as far as he can because he don't want to do God's will. He don't want to obey so he is far away, and the storm started, and all the people start, in the, in the ship start praying to their God, their God, sorry, and, and, and they are praying there. And finally, the captain came and said, hey, wake up and help us. Pray to your God. And, and here's when the Christian or the religious comes out. Uh, yeah, yeah, guys, don't worry. I'm a man of God. I'm the representative of the Lord Almighty, and this is happening because of me. So what you need to do is throw him into the water and everything will stop. He wouldn't look like hero, but you know what? When I look the story, I'm thinking like, why he don't say, let's go back? <laughs> you know what? This guy is so into do his own will that he's willing to die rather than do God's will. Can you see the mirror now? Can you see a little bit? He's willing to die rather than doing God's will. So we know this. I mean, God is in control here, and he's not going to let him die. So he sent this famous fish and grabbed him, and he, he spent three days and three nights uh, in the fish. And the funny thing is, in in the fish, he does one of the beautiful prayers of repentance. That it's a beautiful prayer. You know, when he recognized even in the, in the belly, he can see that God is in there and God is going to use him. But we go, he's dropping in the sea, I mean in the in land, and we take the story in that point. Chapter 3, verse 1 and two said, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I gave you. We need to remember a thing. What was the message? Do you remember? Because it was told in the beginning. We already know. And it says the message was, was preached against it because its weakness has come up before me. So preach against them. Call them to repent. And you know what this guy do? He's so into do his own will. He's so into play the game in, in his own way. But look what happened. 
verse 4, it says, 40 more days. This is the message. 40 more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown, or in other words, will be destroyed. That was the message? This guy doesn't want anything to do with God. He wants to do the things how he likes to do things. It's like many of us. We want to follow God in our own way. So following God, it means for me coming once in a while. Getting involved, no way. No, 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 no. Just showing up for them to say, oh, he came. Following God for us is, I don't want many people to know that I'm a Christian. Or at, at home I act like a worldly person. Following God in our own way. So hopefully the mirror is showing you and, and, and placing questions. Are you following God in your own way? Are you doing things in your own way? And this is true for everybody here, including me. We have this tendency. It's something inside of us. It's called sinful nature. That it pushes us to do what is wrong. That it's a force that is it's moving us to do what is not right. In fact, Paul plays it this way in uh, Romans 7. He said, I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. I'm doing the things that I should not be doing. Is this force. So it, it gets to a point where now it's normal. Now the Holy Spirit never uh, uh, convict me anymore. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine cheating to my wife or to my husband. I've, I'm fine cheating in my taxes. I'm fine, uh, I don't know, living in a relationship that is not right. I'm fine managing my finances in my own way. I'm fine. What is the problem? Because it's this force that pushes us to do the things that are not right. So you'll see this guy is it's moving by his own will. He wants to do what he wants, and he goes, preach this message. 40 days, and he goes outside of the city, and he sits down and starts looking, waiting. Waiting for fire to come down. Day 39, he starts getting excited. Day 40, he's like looking. Nothing happened on day 41. Nothing happened. And nothing happened because when he, he preached the message, people repent. The king of the city repent himself. Even the, the cows in the city has to repent. And nothing happened. So here's what we see the real true Jonah. Chapter 4, verse 1, and it says, But Jonah, but nothing happened. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. And he prayed to the Lord. Look what is, he's going to say here. He said, I knew, I'm sorry. Isn't it this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? It's, it's not this what I said. That is what I tried to for, forestall 
by fleeing to Tarshish. This is the reason why I didn't want to do what you wanted, because you don't want to do it in my way. Don't believe me? Look, I knew, continue, that uh, you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. And you know what? I want a calamity to the city. This is the worst city in the world. They do horrible things to people. They've been doing horrible things to us as Israelites. I didn't want you to save them. That is why I, I almost willing to die rather than come to this place. That's why I was going so far away. And here's where the problem comes, guys, when, when it comes to play this game. We want to play the game of God in our own way. We want to play it in our own way, the way that we think is better, the way, the way that it feels, it feels good. But when it starts not feeling good, when I'm starting to feel convict, let's go to another church. Yeah? You know what is the problem? We are willing to go against the will of God to do our own will. So I want you to look the mirror right now and start seeing the things that are coming up. That you know that you're doing wrong. And, and maybe you're sitting there and, and you're thinking in your mind, how does he know? It's not that I know. The Holy Spirit want to, wants to talk to you right now in a personal way. Because the same God that forgive Nineveh wants to give you another chance. So I want to end positive and we need to think on solutions. And the first solution is we need to be willing, uh, we need to be willing to recognize and repent. That is the first step. We need to recognize that I'm wrong. We need to say the names in the right way. This is sin. It's not okay. It's not okay that I disrespect my husband or my wife or I treat it wrong. It's not okay to using my parents. It's not okay using the money the way that I'm using it. It's not okay sleeping uh, and, and being together outside of marriage, it's not okay. It's bad. It's sin. We need to recognize and repent. Not once. Over and over. Over and over. You know what? You need to do it today. You need to do it right now. You need to take a minute and say, God, please forgive me because I need you. And I don't need you just right now every Sunday for one hour. I need you every single minute of my life. Amen? Amen. The other thing is we need to search for God's direction. He knows better. He knows better. And maybe sometimes feel that he doesn't know, but he knows better. So I want to help you. Okay? And, I, and I'm going to leave with you a prayer that I think is going to make a difference in your life. And it's found in Psalm 139, verse 23. And it says, search me, 
God, and know my heart. God, search me. Look into me right now. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. God, look into me because the people here, they can't see the garbage that I have. Search in my, in my heart and inside of me. See if there is any offensive way in me. If it's anything that is moving me away from your will, God. And lead me in the way everlasting. So let me finish with a question. What will happen if you start looking to the mirror and start taking all the filters that we have put on to look good, seeing the reality, and take a minute to repent, to ask for forgiveness? What will happen if you look to your husband or to your wife and say, you know what, I'm wrong. This is not right. What will happen if you decide to start coming, not just on a Sunday, but during Wednesday, and getting involved, saying, you know what, I need you. And you know what, the, the, the first Sunday that you come and you, you serve, you're going to feel like, this is not for me, but you keep pushing, and you keep repenting over and over. Think about what will happen in your family, with your kids, in your job, with your neighbors. So let's, let's put the right mirror and resolve this problem. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.